Hello, lovely people. How are you today? I hope you're doing okay. Well, welcome to the last episode of Series 5, and what a way to finish. Laura C. always loved shoes from a young age. At school, she was hardworking and creative and thought about becoming a fashion journalist. But then life took her along a different path. She still worked in creative industries and in construction, but she didn't feel she was living her dream. Then a dreadful life-changing event changed everything. I'll let Laura tell you what happened. But while she watched someone she adored become so ill, she found herself sketching shoe designs as a way to help. Laura realised she couldn't wait any longer. She was awarded a scholarship at a school in Florence in Italy to study shoe design and off she went. When she returned, she received many no's from the industry, so she decided to set up her own brand, something else she was told wouldn't work. But how wrong these people were. The Laura C collection is thriving. It's been in John Lewis in Oxford Street in a pop-up shop and her work is now featured in national magazines. And Laura is doing all this around her day job back in construction. She's financing herself and working so hard to fulfil her dream. Laura says she aims her shoes at strong, positive, fearless women, which I think, after you've listened to this interview, you will agree is the perfect way to describe Laura. Hello and welcome to The Next Chapter by Ellie Barker. The idea behind this podcast is that as I start my next chapter from journalist to indie author, I speak with some incredible people who've already started their next chapter in the hope it might help you with your next chapter. Or at the very least, you'll just enjoy the conversation. So here she is, Laura C. Laura C, welcome to The Next Chapter by Ellie Barker. I am delighted and thrilled to have you with me. Thank you so much. No, thank you. Thank you for asking me to chat. Oh, well, we've been trying to do this for a while and I'm so pleased we have because your story is just incredible. It really is. So let's just get going. So we start as ever with the prologue. Now, you grew up in London and this is lovely to hear. You said you had an, an amazing childhood. Yeah, I did. I did. I grew up in North London. Um... Yeah, uh, one sister. Um, we 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 just did. We had a great childhood. We were always, you know, we were very. Um, I think we were very adventurous. We were always out playing. We were very creative. You know, we just we had a great family around us. So, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, that is nice to hear. You don't hear it too often. It's, I know, yeah. I know, but we, no, we did. We were, we were lucky. We had loads of holidays, and yeah, it was. It, I mean, my family um, always worked really hard, so it wasn't. It it wasn't that we had loads of money but it was just that my family just were hard workers so mm. yeah, we never went without which was which was nice at that time and were they creative at all um my dad is quite creative I guess um my granddad was the creative one though really my granddad used to paint not like professionally or anything but he used to paint on, like flowers and he had a massive garden so he used to paint on like hardboard and yeah, and he used to, I, I, I've got some of his paintings framed. So so there is a creative gene in the family somewhere, I think. Yeah, as we see, we'll see it. My mum's more my mum was more into the shoes and the fashion. So my mum's my my mum's shoe addiction rubbed off on me. So wow. that's where the two kind of combined. Yeah, absolutely. Well we will come on to this because so because you, you said at school that you were a very dedicated pupil at school. You love school. I did. I love school. Um I wasn't I was never the naughty kid in the class you know I always wanted to listen I always wanted to learn um 
I mean, I, I laugh a lot. So the only reason I'd get sent out of class is for laughing really loudly, but um, <laughs> it wasn't a bad thing. Um, but yeah, I loved school. I loved learning. Um, some things I was, I loved more than others, obviously like art and English and things like that. But yeah, I always wanted to do well. And I think that, you know, it was installed in us from our parents that, you know, if you, if you work hard, you'll be rewarded. So yeah, yeah, well, absolutely. It's a good uh, theory. It really yeah. is. And at the time you wanted to be a fashion journalist. Yeah, I remember kind of thinking, starting to think about things like that when you sort of head into sort of GCSEs and things. And I love reading and I love fashion and I loved anything to do in magazines and that kind of side of things. So I, I wanted to sort of do like a fashion journalism with sort of maybe some art thrown in as well. Um, so that was initially what I wanted to do. And when I first applied for university, that was what I was going to do. Some kind of fashion journalism um, with like media and film and, and things like that um but I never ended up going to university um I took a year out and I decided to you know do a bit of traveling do some work and I kind of felt like I learned more in that year than I and, and then I just never I just never went back mm, mm. well you probably did where did you go traveling then I just went on different holidays really it wasn't really traveling then it was not like people do now but it was just it, it was mainly Europe and things just I just think I just got used to the fact of having some freedom after mm. so long doing that and studying really hard for A levels mm. um I just decided that I would take some time out and then of course once you start working and you start earning it felt really hard to then go back into the classroom. Mm. I saved that for much later on. <laughs> well, yeah, but also, like you say, that you had such a work ethic in you that perhaps you just wanted to kind of get on and do it, really. Um, yeah, so, did. so in that first chapter, you said you worked in all different places and different companies, but they were all quite creative industries, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, initially I, I worked for my... I mean, one job wasn't really creative. It was in the same construction industry, but it wasn't really a creative company but the second company I joined I was there for like 14 years and that was like an interior architect so there was a lot of it was very design led um and I love interiors and architecture and all that kind of stuff so I kind of thought oh, it'd be really good to get in that door and get in that industry but as it happened my job didn't my job wasn't that creative while I was there um but I was working with a lot of people who were so obviously I I could be creative to a point but not in the arty kind of way that I wanted mm. um, but to be fair I think there I learned a lot about business and about working with people and about you know that kind of side of experience how to be professional um, how to work with people from different backgrounds um, with different experiences so that I think has held me in pretty good stead mm. for doing now yeah absolutely and and if you were there for 14 years you must have enjoyed it I did I did enjoy it yeah and you know it's in construction so you're working with designers but you're also working with project managers and site site managers and things and it's quite it's quite a funny industry you know it's quite fun um it's quite sociable um so it was a lot of mixing with people and being quite social and and also getting to know a lot of clients mm. So yeah, I did, I did, I did really enjoy it. I did really enjoy it. Mm. It sounded like it suited you, especially as well. You said you loved laughing. So that, that sounds like yeah, a nice exactly. firm to work for. I think work should be like that. I think if you're, if you're going to work and you're dreading it every day and you're thinking, oh, I hate what I'm doing. I hate where I'm working. You have to change it, mm. you know, because it's so easy to get caught on that. So in that rat race, you know, and you just, you have to change what you do or change company because I think that 
you know, what's the worst that can happen? You, mm. you move to a new company and you try something new, but if you're happy, and I think I was happy there for a long time. So mm. yeah, that's probably the reason why I stayed. And was that in London, that firm as well? Yeah, central London. And you were still obviously living in, were you still living in North London at this stage? Uh, no, I was, I think I was in Brighton at this point. Okay. I was a bit of both. I was a bit in North London, then I moved to Brighton. So I was there for 14 years. So I moved around quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. And so, so you did, you did get married. You got married. And, yes. um, and then, and, you know, we're not going to dwell on it too much, but d- just sort of say what did happen. So your, your husband, he, Stuart, he became very poorly. Yeah, yeah, he was, we were, we were due to get married in 2014. But a few days before the wedding, he was he was diagnosed with cancer and he'd been pretty fit up until that point and mm. no signs. I mean, a few signs now thinking about it, but nothing major. Um, so we ultimately, once he was diagnosed, um, we kind of postponed the wedding. And then I luckily had private health through my company. So he was treated by my private health scheme um and he was doing really well so we rearranged the wedding for like the following year but then it kind of spread to different places and we kind we had the wedding so we went to Italy to get married which is why Italy is so special to me so we went to Italy we got married it was amazing but when we came back it was just like a downward decline so yeah and in the December he he sadly passed away so we'd only been married five months oh laura i'm so sorry i'm so sorry i know you must have sort of spoken about it so many times but i'm i i'm so yeah. sorry um no, thank you. but but also i mean again this is what why it is important to mention not mention but you know to talk about because what you then have gone on to do it's just absolutely incredible so while he was poorly you yeah. you were was it was it just then that you started sketching your shoe designs had you been doing it before or was it them that you started to do it yeah I mean I've always been a bit of a sketcher and I you know I like to sketch and doodle and different things and I paint and so I paint oils on canvas and things like that so I think I was just obviously I couldn't have all of my painting things in hospital because I kind of moved in there with him and was kind of living in hospital as well but I just felt like I needed to do something to take my mind off it and I'd always kind of thought of these funky shoes in my head and thought, oh, God, they'd be nice. And, you know, started sketching them. But I just thought, oh, I'm going to teach myself how to sketch shoes because I love them and I've always been obsessed with them. Um, so I just started to sketch. I mean, the sketches now, I look back, God, they were terrible. <laughs> but um, but I was, it was just therapeutic. It was just something for me and something to, you know, that I've always loved to do. Mm-hmm. Um so I didn't really at that point, I just always thought, God, it would be amazing to have my own shoe brand. But I guess at that point, I wasn't really thinking no. of anything beyond it being just therapeutic to sketch and just to colour and, and, and see what happens. Mm-mm. No, absolutely. Yeah. But but obviously you found something that you really loved to take your mind off of what was going on. You know, that was something was yeah. clearly sort of tapping into a real a real passion. But then you did decide to take it further. Yeah, so obviously Stuart passed away and then it was obviously it wasn't immediately because then I kind of was, you know, out of picture for six months. I just, Mm. you know, I was kind of at home and then doing a bit of working and then I kind of went on a holiday. Then I decided to do a bit of travelling. So I went travelling for three months on my own. Um, Looking back now, I don't know how I did all these things, but I guess I just went into kind of survival Mm. mode. Um, and then I was still sketching and I thought, oh God, I'm going to do something. I, I need to go on a course or do a course. So I did a pattern cutting course at London College of Fashion, which was just like a three, four day thing. Um, 
and I found it really interesting just how much goes into making shoes. So I started to put my sketches together and I kind of met, I met actually a girl at London College of Fashion who knew a lady called Georgina Goodman, who's quite big in the kind of fashion shoe shoe world. So she was like, look, I can put you in touch, go and take your sketches to her and see what she thinks, which I did. And she was obviously like, look, you're very good, but I think it will just become a hobby if you just keep sketching. You need to go and study it properly. So I was like, okay. So I did apply for London College of Fashion and it was four, it was like a four-year, and I was accepted, but it was a four-year course. And I just thought at this point, I think I was maybe 37. So young, but still mm. a four-year course going back to university felt daunting. Um, so I kind of thought, well, I'm not sure about that, but I kept, but I kept some, there was something kept niggling. I thought I'm meant to do this, but I'm just not meant to do it there. Mm. And I just found, uh, I was searching uh, uh, intensive courses, like one year courses and something popped up for Florence, mm. which obviously is the home of shoemaking. Mm. It's, it's where it's the best place in the world to study shoe design. Um, and they were offering scholarships and I actually applied and I was accepted. So I got a scholarship to Marangoni, which is a quite a famous school there's one here and there's one in Milan um and I yeah and I I I I got the scholarship and like within a month I then quit my job and was living in Florence that's just amazing I mean that really is amazing because given what you'd been through a lot of people could have just said you know what I've just I'm done for a a really long time here and and you know it forever almost and to do that but then like you say Italy was so special to you anyway so that feeling you know when you gave up your job and then you went out there and there you were on your own on that first day what was that like? Yeah, it was it was scary. I must admit, it was it was scary, but it was like it was exhilarating. It was exciting because I think for anyone who knows when they've you know been living with somebody who's who's ill, obviously it's tragic for the person who who passes away, but it's also really difficult for the people who are caring for them. And and it's you you kind of almost feel like you've lost yourself as well. Mm-hmm. So I I think by that time when I moved to Italy, it was two years on. Um, so I think at that point I was really ready for a change mm. as well. I'd been traveling and I came back and you kind of feel like, oh, there's a whole world out there that I need to be seeing because life is so short. So I, I think leaving the job was fine because I was, I'd become bored in my role and I'd become bored in the company I was in. There was no challenge for me. So I just thought it's now or nothing. I need to do something for me. Mm. Um, And when I arrived in Italy, oh, absolutely. I I knew 100% this is where I'm supposed to be. Mm. What did you live in? It was like like an Airbnb, like a a little tiny, tiny apartment. Um, But right in... um, central Florence it was like next door to the oldest pizzeria and bakery in Florence and it was just yeah I mean it was it's just Florence is just beautiful anyway yeah so I just think you know that walk to to school which didn't seem so daunting then I was like I think I was older than all of the tutors but I was like I don't care I'm here to learn I know I'm like in a classroom I've also got the business experience so I'm I'm here I'm serious about this so, yeah, I just thrived on it. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Because it brought it all back together, didn't it? As it this so often happens that when you said at school, you were a really dedicated pupil at school. And so this yeah. is, it's almost like it was waiting for the right time for you to go. If you'd gone off to university, you'd have gone like a whole different way. It was just like, yeah. it was just meant to be that you're there with your fashion. You want to be a fashion journalist. And then there you were in, in Florence. I mean, amazing Florence. I know. But then I also think, 
you know, in 1996, it probably would have been so much easier to branch out and do what I'm doing because not so many people were doing it then. Mm. You know, I just think it obviously wasn't my time. I went in a different direction for a reason. And, mm. and this is, I guess, being at this age now with that business experience behind me and the life event that's happened that obviously doesn't happen to people young. Mm. It's just, it's it's come together to make me more fearless. And I'm kind of like, well, what's what's to lose or what's who's 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 going to stop me from doing it really yeah Um, yeah absolutely what did your family think of you going out there yeah I think at first they were a bit worried like oh you're leaving your job you know but I I feel like that is that generation like you've got a job it's a solid job you shouldn't leave it kind Mm. of thing but on the other hand they could see that it was something I always wanted to do and I think after what I'd been through they just I think they realized that we need her back you know Mm. we need we need her to do something for herself so yeah they were really encouraging and Mm. yeah I think they realized once I was there that I absolutely loved it Mm, so mm, mm. and was it as good as you could imagine that you know I can just imagine you having you know like you say there's a pizzeria and some nice red wine and sitting out and oh was it just so was it just like that every day it was every day and I I was lucky (laughs) because I met it was funny because I met another girl in my class who's actually from London um and we got on really well and then I met loads of other people from all over the world and we created like quite a close group of friends and and it was hard work it was a lot a lot of hard work don't get me wrong and I probably haven't worked that hard in years being back in that classroom environment with exams and that pressure of getting all that work done but I'm really organized and I think I'm very maybe I get a bit competitive at things like that and I'm like well I'm gonna I'm gonna do really well at this and I'm gonna push myself Um, and also I'd given up so much to move there that I, I couldn't see it as just a, you know a bit of a thing that I'm I'm doing to pass time I, I knew that I wanted something to come of this but it literally was pizza every day ice cream every day oh it was Aperol spritz every day oh it was just yeah oh, I just love amazing it's that did you get sent out for laughing at all no I didn't actually oh, no so quite I, 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 I learned to contain it a bit more but, um... <laughs> after the Aperol spritz um but but yeah so you did that so obviously I mean it sounds like an amazing course um so you did that for a year but and then yeah. you, but then you came back but then um obviously you met like you say some great people on that course didn't you so it, it was then when you came back that you then um started to sort of I think at first you were trying to get a place somewhere as almost was it be like an apprenticeship or something like yeah, that? Yeah, so that when we were there they did some internship interviews and stuff and you get placed place in into different, you know, into different companies. Um and some you you know, you came close, but someone else might have been better at sketching or maybe their style was more what they were looking for. Um so I had a lot of knocks, you know, I had a lot of no's. And then I came back because I think people think, oh, it's all so easy. It looks all so nice. And it's not, not, it's hard. Mm. It's hard work. And I came back and I had a few interviews for some really good shoe brands. Um, and one of them was great. And I had like three interviews and they were like, we love you, you know, blah, blah. But they basically wanted me to work for a year for nothing. Mm. And I just kind of said, well, no, and this was like the, the business in me. I was like, well, no, you can have six months of my time for nothing. And after that, if you don't, if you're not, if you don't see what I can do, or, you know, you're not going to hire me after a year. Mm. So, mm. And of course, they, they probably went with somebody who was maybe, I don't know, 19 and still mm. living at home. And, you know, mm. they didn't have to worry about bills and things, which is not realistic when you're 40. No, of course um, it's not. And yeah. then another, another, um, she brand I interviewed for love loved them and 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 they love 
loved me, but they just sort of said, you know, we think we're going to regret not giving you, we're going to regret, you're going to be someone we're going to regret, but we just, we've got such a tiny team that it's only if someone leaves that we can give you the designer position. And obviously that didn't happen. So it was no after no after no. Yeah, it was, it, it was, and, and a lot of this industry, you send out your CV, you don't get any response. So it was quite disheartening, but it just pushed me more. Mm. And then I think when lockdown hit, everyone had said, don't do it on your own. It's so hard. Don't try. I just thought, well, um, I don't really do what other people tell me to do. So I'm going to, this is not going to be any different. I'm going to try. Mm. And it kind of spiraled from there in yeah. lockdown. Well, it's amazing. So forgive my ignorance. I went on the course. Did you learn, so you learned to design shoes? Did you make shoes or would they go off to be made or how? how yeah, no, so what we we wouldn't physically make them, but we would, so it'd be everything from sketching to sketching components like buckles and, you know, and, underst and understanding how the how the how shoes work because obviously we just see a pretty shoe and we think oh but it, you know the strap needs to hold your toes in and it needs to support your ankle and it it's quite complex because you might do a sketch and then you'd be told by the teacher well that won't work how are you going to get your foot in that shoe you know so you have to think about the design and structural elements so i think working in my other company and that kind of architectural yeah. design background came in handy um so it's everything from sketching to design into colouring. But we also did pattern cutting, which is is how you work out the thickness of straps and where it's placed and how you have to sketch on the last of the shoe, like the mould. But then, And then we would work with leathers and materials and learn about them. Um, but we wouldn't actually physically make a pair. That was something that I think they were trying to do on the on the course, but it just it just didn't come off. Um, yeah, so I don't I don't physically make the shoes. I design I design everything um but i work on all the marketing all the branding all of that and then they're handmade in italy so right, right that's amazing because yeah so going back then to what you're saying so you decided in lockdown to really that yeah. you would kind of go for it on your own and, yeah. and you actually um you went back to one of your old tutors didn't you in florence yeah so i kept in touch i think i'm quite good at that i'm quite good at nurturing relationships with people and i keep in touch and you know and i think that does you well in life and in business and I, I I did keep in touch and he'd kind of said you know if you ever want some shoes made like don't you know don't hesitate to get in touch I'd love to help you on your journey because I think you're really good and I think you know you've got something so I just dropped him an email one day and I'd been looking at branding and I'd been looking at kind of the process of starting a business and the Instagram and the kind of marketing and all that side of it and then I had a conversation I said look I'm thinking of doing a couple just to launch with a few styles and he was like, absolutely, you know, so we just started working together. I'd give him my sketches and he'd give me some contacts. And then, yeah, and then I designed the insole and the, the I just worked with a brand in a really amazing brand and aid agency called So Creative. And um, they helped me with the bird to design the hummingbird um, and the logo and everything. So it was just trying to piece all the little pieces together and, and do it step by step. Mm. And then it got to a point where he was like, we're, we're putting them into the factory for production. Wow. So, and what yeah. was it like the first time you saw one of those shoes when you oh, had it? the best, I think, when they arrived. Because the samples arrived and they were like just finished shoes, you know, like beautiful. Mm. I think just seeing my name on the sole and mm. just seeing all the hard work and also my, my artworks printed onto the leather. Um, it just... I think at that point I was like, oh my, I don't know how I've achieved this in lockdown. Mm. You know, so it was, 
it was pretty amazing. It is amazing. Um, All of it's amazing. The the whole thing, you know, with everything to 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 do that. But I do you think as well? Do you think as well that given what you had been through as well that you, you know you you are because you say that your designs are for strong, positive, fearless women, and that's clearly what you are. And you know, do you think that helped you because other people would have perhaps not been brave enough to do something like that in lockdown when everyone's telling you don't do it, but you went and did yeah. it. Yeah, I think so, and I think that at that point. And especially in lockdown, this probably a, a, a lot of people have probably started businesses in lockdown because you start to realise that you don't know what's going to happen next week. I mean, what's going on in the world at the moment? Look how quickly things can change. Yeah. And I think for me, I'd had, you know, Stuart had passed away. Then I did the course. Then I came back. Then I'd had so many no's and so many, you know, rejections that then and then lockdown hit. And I just thought, God, I've got I've now got time on my hands. So it doesn't matter what is thrown at me, what's the worst that can happen. I'm going to try this and see where it takes me. And if it fails, I'd rather know I've tried than to always wonder and think, oh, imagine if I'd started on my own. Mm. Because I think when you listen to I didn't, I felt like at that point with so many people saying no and so many people having an opinion on when you should and shouldn't launch a business or a brand, I just thought I'm not going to let people be the decider of my fate. Mm. I'll, I'll be the decider of that yeah so quite I, right so then I just did it yeah it, quite right and I you know I had to, it's not nearly the same but I had something similar with with my books I kept getting rejections from agents for the traditional world and I think I think it was like, if you find something you really love you and you want to keep doing and people keep telling you don't you can't do it the fact that you want to do it even more just shows you I'm sure you would have been doing yeah. this anyway nobody was going to stop you designing shoes no, exactly. And that's exactly right. That's what I mean. There's so many women in business and, and anyone in business who's probably been told no. But how many people who you see now are really successful? Um, I'm sure anyone who started out that we know of, you know, big businesses, whatever it is, that mm. they were told no at some point mm. and they didn't take no for an answer. Mm. Mm. So I just think, well, I think life's too short to be controlled like that. Mm. I just, I think if you've got an idea and you've got a passion and you've got the experience and hopefully the contacts and the knowledge to kind of make it happen, then you will make it happen. Mm, mm. I agree. I, do, I, I think it is that positive mindset. And also the shoes are for positive women, and but they're also for women on their own journey, like whatever that may be. You know, that's, mm. the, that's the, the point of the hummingbird. Mm. We're all in different situations, some in more difficult situations than other others. So it's not just about business. It's about whatever you're going through in life. Mm. It's a reminder that, you know, you walk your own path and no one else's. Mm. That's amazing. Because when you look at at your um, shoes, and obviously I'll put the, the details in our, in the show notes for this. But when you look, they are really striking shoes, aren't they? But different types of shoes. You've got like more flat shoes, but then you've got the really the hills and everything. There's a real yeah. different type of shoes, but very striking yeah that's it and I, I i just think yes you could go down the route of only heels or only flats but i guess for me in each collection i want to be able to offer something not to everyone because you're never going to please everyone when you when you start a business or a brand but i guess there are people of all different ages who want to wear different heel heel shapes and different styles so I think it's always nice to have a bit of a mixture and a, and I try to do a bit of day to night styling so that there was always some shoes that you could wear from the day into the evening. Mm. Um, but yeah, they are, are all quite striking. I mean, my summer ones, which will be this summer, they're, qu they're quite bold because I think they, they can be. 
um, in the summer, like we all want brighter colours, but the, the print will always feature somewhere, even if it's a tiny, tiny flash. Mm. Um, yeah, I hope, I, I, I try and use, I mean, I always use metallics and I love nice colours and things like that, but, I, you know, it's trying to find that balance between having something striking and stylish, but also wearable. Mm. Do you so, wear them all? Do I wear them? Yeah, all the time. And do your family? Does your sister? My sister does. She wants to, my sister, but my sister is a size six, but she keeps on at me. She's like, you've got to do a wide fit. She's got a wider foot. <laughs> um, and obviously, you know, Italian shoes, they're very true to size, but they're not, they don't really cater for like a wider, a wider foot. So that's definitely something I want to look into. Um, mm. But that will come, you know, as the brand grows, yeah. because to do things like that as, a, as an independent startup, it's quite pricey. Okay. Um, but yeah, so she'd love to, but my friends have bought them and yeah, they, they love them. Yeah. It's just amazing. It's just yeah. amazing. And, and it, and I mean, it really is growing the brand, isn't it? So you've had a pop-up shop in John Lewis, which I just yeah. think that's incredible on Oxford street. I mean, that, what was that like? That was amazing. That was just before Christmas actually. So that was really good. And I think it just gave the brand like a bigger exposure, mm. um, to different people you know and just um and the John Lewis staff loved like loved the shoes they were like we want you in store and things like that but uh, it was really good experience it was it, it it was great um I think it's just it's just difficult at the moment because it's such an uncertain time with people I think now it's a bit better the world's opening up a bit but even at Christmas it was still a bit uncertain as mm. with COVID, what was happening mm. so it was good to get to get that in to get that pop-up in and then I did Scoop which is a buyer show a few weeks ago which is really good, but that's not open to the public. That's just for um, buyers and sort of wholesale. So that, again, that was good. Mm-hmm. And so predominantly now, do you sell through your website? Yes, yeah, so it's on, it's my website. That's that's where I sell. They are also stocked on Wolf and Badger, um, which is an independent, you know, kind of like showcases independent brands. Mm. But generally, it's to my website. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And are you doing this full time now, or do you work as well alongside it? No, I work as well. Wow. Okay. And where where are you working at the moment? I work for. So I'm a consultant. So I do. I kind of work. It's back into the construction that I did before. Right. Um, because luckily, luckily, you know, I enjoy my I enjoy my work, but it also pays well. Mm-hmm. Um, because my the business my business and the brand is completely self funded. Mm-hmm. So I work yeah I work with two other companies in central London and then basically my all my weekends and evenings are on the shoe brand yeah. But that's amazing because again there's so often everyone always says oh yeah but you know there's always a little oh but they can do that, that because they can do that. So but you're proving you're you're doing this is again how much you want to do it because you're doing it all around your day job which so many people wouldn't do. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think people have a misconception when you start a business or a brand and it's, you know, it's, look, at the end of the day, it's a luxury shoe brand and the, there's a price point to them. Um, but that's because they're, they're quality, they're designed, that, you know, they're made in Italy, that they're unique. But I think people presume that it's, it, you, you can start these things because you've got a lot of money. Mm. And that's not the case you know I think you just have to work really hard and if you work it out step by step I always think that things will happen and doors will open when you least expect it mm. um, so to just you know to just do step by step process to get to where you want to be and to and to, to be able to launch a business or a brand and and, and it, it will happen but yeah I do I work really hard I work really hard at the moment it's a bit my friends are a bit like, oh, we don't see you, you know, because I'm always working. Um, 
but that's what you have to do and mm. you know I, I love it so yeah well that's amazing and have yes. you enjoyed working with like marketing or branding as well and that side of things have you enjoyed that yeah I love it the branding like I say Joe, who I worked with at so creative um yeah she she was amazing and like that kind of side of things was new to me like I'm not really I'm not really a marketer I'm not really that but I had a strong brand vision so I knew what I wanted the brand to be and look like and the the kind of the, the tone of what I want the brand to offer people so I was quite clear on that side um and then working with my I've worked with some marketing experts and things who have helped me with like social media and kind of you know email channels and things like that and how to sort of nurture people and you know um and it's just getting eyes on the brand really it's just it's just wanting to offer people something different something unique something quality and also sharing the story because i think now the way people shop they want to know a little bit more about who's mm. behind it and who's designing it and where it's coming from um because yeah it's very quick to just buy fast fashion and no one really cares and you buy six pairs of shoes and then next week they're gone you know mm. so I think it's um I think the timing's right for independent brands mm. and I think that more big stores should think about offering pop-ups and things to independent brands because it brings in a different audience as well which is only going to be good for them yeah I totally agree and I so agree with you about the story behind the brand you love hearing uh, you know, this is one of the reasons I do this, this podcast because you hear how people get there. It's never what you think. Somebody could see your brand and say, "Oh, Laura C. London," and you could automatically think something that's completely not, yeah. not the same, isn't it? And now, thank you for speaking so honestly because now we do know. So that's 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 yeah. That's no, it is. is. I think people should know because that I think that's what makes people stop trying and going for things because yeah. they're worried that well, I'm not going to be able to do that because you know. But you, everyone can can go for it if they have you know obviously if you've got the passion and the determination i think i think you'll succeed and you'll find a way to make it work it might take a while but you will find a way mm -hmm. well before we get onto that for your to be continued and i'm guessing what you're going to say here but what would you like to do next so next uh there's a few things coming up next i mean i really want to do some more pop-ups so i'm talking to some sort of nice hotels to do maybe some pop-ups um i'm actually speaking to wolf and badger about doing an in-store event that's more like a it's not like a pop-up shop it's more like a meet the maker you know so it's kind of talking about like talking to you really how i've talked to you but maybe getting some press and some people in for that um and then maybe some collaborations i'm trying to speak to people about doing some collaborations and i think being stocked in a in a store like a boutique or a store would would be amazing but i think at the moment, I'm just enjoying the process of mm. getting the brand out there. Um, hopefully, we'll, I'll be getting them on, you know, a celeb soon, which which is great. And which, you know, as a, as a new brand, that's always an amazing achievement, I think, um, to, to see your shoe on the on the red carpet, you know, mm. so that that would be fantastic. So mm. yeah, there's loads coming up that is really exciting. Plus, I've got a new little collection, maybe a few bridal styles dropping in the summer. Okay, that's which, good. Is, which is new. Yeah. yeah, that's exciting. That really is yeah. exciting. And is your would your kind of ultimate dream be to have your own shop? Do you think? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I my marketing, my marketing exam for when I was in school was all about my own shop and how it'd be decorated. And I'd have the shoes hanging in bird cages and just <laughs> yeah, well, yeah absolutely but obviously 
in this climate at the moment it's every uh, you know so much is online um so for now that's perfect for me but yeah of course my own shop because i think with shoes especially at that price point i think it's so worth it that people can try them and touch mm. them and feel them because when they do like people have said to me like they've you know when they've bought the shoes they've they've sent me emails and they've said the quality like we can feel the quality mm. and I think people are happy mm. to have something that will last that's you know that's maybe something special they've treated themselves to mm. um and I think that ultimately it is nice to be able to do that in a physical store yeah um, yeah but for now it's 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 just on my website i know but i tell you what though i mean because i live obviously in bristol which is home which is a different market but it's home of the independent shop we've got like the biggest high street for independent shops and we're near bath as well and you know that the in those small shops that the independent shops are still really popular and it feels like that is as you say i to me that i don't what do i know but it just feels like that's the future of the high streets you know that i think it you are you are hitting it at the oddly at the right time it might not it by the time you get there it will be the right time yeah exactly exactly and i think you know i all the things that's happened all the I think I, I, for, I forget that it's actually in its infancy, you know, it's not even a year old, the brand, but it's taken, it's got so much momentum already. Um, and I do think it's at that time, it is now changed, you know, people have come out of lockdown, they're changing the way they shop, mm. they're changing the kind of brands they want to shop with, they're sick of seeing the same things mm. on Instagram, you know, they want to see something different, they want to see someone real with a real background and a real story, who's doing something creative for women and there's no age range on my brand you know I hate putting women in that box and saying well if you're if you're over this age you can't wear my shoes you know I don't care what age women are if they feel comfortable in them and there's something for them and they can rock a stiletto heel and they're 70 I don't care you know I think wear what you like so I think and I and I and I think that's becoming a lot more important in the way people shop I think every age needs to be represented yeah, but to have somebody like you in a shop to come and see, because I'm not, a, I personally, I'm not very good with shoes. So, but to come in and to, to meet somebody and to know your story and then you be so involved, I can imagine with a customer, I can, oh, I, can yeah. I can see this happening. I can sense, and I'm sure people listening to this, our lovely listeners, they, I can feel like a next chapter event coming that will come and see you in your shop in London. Oh my God, that would be amazing. Yeah, I would love that. <laughs> we'll I love and I know, I even know down to when I buy shoes myself, what annoys me when yeah. people approach me too much. So I know how to to be. And I, and, you know, and it, the cut of the shoe and everything and what will work for your foot, you know, I, 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 lo- I could talk about that all day long. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I can see it. I can feel it. I yeah, can feel that it. Would be amazing. That's the dream. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we, you know, we'll, we'll have a, a, this will be a to be continued. We'll come back to Absolutely, it. Absolutely. Yeah. So your acknowledgements, Laura, who would you like to thank who've helped you along the way? Wow. Well, I think first and foremost, it would be Enrico, who is my um, pattern cutter in Italy. Um, and also Marco, who is my, who, who kind of works in the factory. So they're all amazing. The, the, the guys in Italy, like if it wasn't for them, I, I wouldn't have been able to do it. Um, but I think on the business side of things, it would definitely be Jo from So Creative Branding. Um, she's amazing. And then I've worked with Susanna Davda, who's a shoe consultant um, in the beginning, who kind of gave me advice on, you know, how to, how to sort of start and how to get them sort of, them wheels in motion um 
I've also worked with Lisa May Consulting. She's a marketing consultant and she's incredible. Um, just taught me how to really focus on, you know, on on how you sort of get your, your brand out there and just to, to be quite strategic and thinking about what women need to see. So she's been amazing. Um, oh God, there's been so many, like so many women. And I've, I've worked largely with women. Mm-hmm. Um, also Sarah Stark, oh, my, my PR lady, she's absolutely incredible. She's got me some amazing features. Um, and I've just started working with another PR lady, Nikki Burden, and she is amazing. Mm-hmm. Vernon, I think her name is Nikki. Yeah, she's, she's been incredible. Um, yeah, so, you, uh, you know, as much as sometimes it feels like you're very much on your own, I've had so much support. And, and like I say, funnily enough, from loads of really strong, smart women. Mm-hmm. And so, again, yeah. again, fascinating, again, it, how everything that you've done has tied together, like almost, you know, that first job you had and working with all the different people there. And that, like you say, has really shown you and to work with women in this with shoes, but it's really, yeah. really is the dream. Yeah, it's amazing. It's am- and I just love that. I love building relationships with people. You know, I'm really friendly and chatty. So I'll always drop people an email and I'll always ask questions and be like, oh, do you mind like, if I ask you this? Or do you mind if, you know, would you mind if I come and uh, you did a pop-up? Because I think it'd be amazing. You know, it's mm. that kind of thing. It's just keeping conversations going. And mm. I think women love that. Mm. Uh, women in business love that. Mm. Um, and I think we're quite open like that. So, when you know, no question is a silly question. So we just... I think it's just great to be that I've had so many amazing people around me supporting me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's really really helped, really helped. Because I think lots of people would have the, the wrong conception, the perception, sorry, that it's with fashion, with shoes, you could think, oh, and with load of women, it could be a bit like a little bit catty, a little bit bitchy. But clearly, yeah, it's just I mean, not at all. Don't don't get me wrong. The industry itself is tough. Yeah, the industry itself is a tough one to crack. Um, but the women that I've been working with who, who who have worked in the industry and who are helping to get me there aren't like that at all. Like they are, they want to see you succeed and they want you know, they want you to achieve well, but they've got so much knowledge from different backgrounds, like working in retail, someone working in marketing and you bring it all together and they're helping, they're coming from different backgrounds themselves, but they're helping me build a brand. Mm within that industry and it, it is tough it is a tough one to crack but at the same time you know um i will crack it yeah, definitely <laughs> Just, will. yeah. we'll come into the shop we've got it all planned yeah, no um so yeah i mean you've given so much advice but so listening to this first of all obviously you know your passion and that's it's kind of been in you really for a really long time you say even going back to with your mum having her shoe passion and everything but if someone's listened to this first of all and they're thinking do you know what laura's got this amazing passion up but i just don't have that what would you and they but they want to do something else what would you say to that person i think I think everyone probably has got some sort of passion in them, but maybe they don't realise that that could be something that could be turned into a business. I think that's more what it is. Like somebody might have a passion for something and not see it as a as something that could become their job. Um, so I always, I would always say, I always do things like this. I always do like a brainstorm and I'll just write loads of things down, what I love, 
you know, what I'd love to do, what kind of work I'd like to do. And then you kind of loop it back and think, well, I'd like to do that kind of work. So maybe I could incorporate that as well. And I just think, you know, join some networking communities, join some women networking communities. There's Albright, which is the women's networking community. There's the Southwood Social Hub, which I'm a member of, which Hayley Southwood, she's incredible. Um, she like ner- like brings a whole group of incredible women together. And they're amazing at throwing ideas out there and maybe setting you on a bit of a, a path, you know, to get you on your way. Um, <laughs> So I wouldn't, I, I think people, if they feel like they, they don't have any passions or any likes, I think they probably do. I just, maybe they don't realise that that could be turned into something that you do every day because that's the dream, isn't it? That you do you do what you love every day. Mm. Yeah, do you um, think that is, again, it goes a bit back to fear, isn't it? It's like, it's almost too good to be true. And, and also it's very easy, like you say, the shoe, you know, in, in the industry, it's very hard to crack it. We know about the fashion industry. So if somebody, say, likes the idea of fashion or interiors or something like that, they're like, hang on, what, what do I know about that? But you, you start somewhere and you, who knows yeah. where it takes you? That's the thing. I didn't know anything either. I mean, I love fashion and I, you know, but the ins and outs of the industry, I didn't know. Um, and I'm still learning now, but I think you have to start somewhere. And then from that you, you build out. So whether it be that you do a course or whether it be that you do some training or whether it be that you try and make some connections and ask people's advice, I'm always asking people's advice. You know, I don't, I don't mind if I send an email to someone or a, or a private message or whatever. And I, I'll ask a question because they can only not reply. Mm, so, mm. you know, you'll all, but you'll always find nine times out of 10, if you go about it the right way and you're, you know, positive and you're friendly, then people will reply because they want to help you. Mm. Um, so I just think it's that fear. And I, I just, I also think I read once that when you jump, the net will catch you. Mm. And I firmly believe that because I think people stay doing what they know because it's familiar and because, it is it is scary to, to take a leap and to try something different, but you will always get another job doing what you're doing if it doesn't work out. So that's how I look at it. Mm. And I think, and every, like you say, and everything that you've seen and you've been through, it, it's such an old cliche, but it's a cliche because it's true. Life is so short, isn't it? And and you see that, and you know that, and it's like you imagine, like you said earlier, the people that go to work who hate it year after year. I mean, what a waste. I know. And that's the thing. And I think we've all probably done that at some point. I know I did it. So I didn't hate where I worked, but I wasn't happy particularly. But you just do it because you get caught in that in that moment. But I, I think, I think you know, life can be so much more than that. And, and I do think that when you've had something happen to you, or even like just what we're all seeing at the moment on the news, you know, we can all realise how quickly things can change. So what, why why not go for it i just i just think you know you sh- you have one life you have one chance just try something different if it's something that's been niggling you for a while and you've always wanted to try just try it laura c we can't wait to come and see you in your own shop and try on your amazing shoes and drink an aperol spritz with you oh my god that would be absolutely amazing thank you so much for being just such a fabulous guest on the next chapter no thank you i've really enjoyed it thanks so much So there you are, you see, strong, positive and fearless, I think you will agree. 
And I love what Laura says, we all have passions, but we don't all realise these could be turned into our working worlds. And when you think Laura's brand has only been around for less than a year, well, it's just incredible. I think that dream of hers to have a shop is so going to come true. So let me know, my next chapter listeners, it could be our first night out together. Now, if you would like to learn more about Laura, you can find her at Laura C London. The link is in the show notes. You can keep in touch with me in my next chapter, and I would so love that barkerwrites.com if you could rate and review this episode and subscribe well that would be wonderful and it may just help someone else with their next chapter a special thank you to all my guests during series five i think you'll agree they've all been just amazing and you are too for listening thank you you're listening to the next chapter by ellie barker a flower pot production i'll be back with series six in a few weeks time but in the meantime keep thinking keep those little steps going who knows where they'll take you speak soon